grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Just one note, if you like following along the sermon, there is an outline in your bulletin on page 3. Our text for today comes from the book of Colossians, the third chapter. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here ends our text. You may be seated. So now what? This question often floats around in my mind immediately following Christmas. Now what? What is next? What's the next big thing? For we just spent the month of December preparing, getting ready, planning for the coming of the Christ child. And after Christmas came and Christmas went again, it seems like it goes faster and faster every year. Now this may not always be a bad thing, for if I were to eat the way I do around the Christmas season, or really the whole month of December for that matter, with cookies and sweets and all that, I probably wouldn't be in the best of health. But it still is sad putting away the Christmas tree, either taking it out or putting it back in the box, depending what kind of tree you have. And it seems like we just put the ornaments on the tree and we're packing them up and putting them away. Now don't get me wrong, the Christmas season in the church is not over on the 26th of December. The Christmas season really goes until next weekend where we celebrate Epiphany, the coming of the Magi who bring Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And traditionally the day in the church is usually January 6th, so that'll be our next weekend's service. But if you're anything like me, it seems like the joys that we all had on Christmas seem to fade quickly after Christmas is over. And unless you have delayed celebrations with your family or friends, maybe this afternoon or coming up, if you weren't all able to get together, it seems like the holiday came and went quickly again. So I think the question of now what might not just be my question, but might be many of yours sitting here today. And this is why I think the text, the epistle lesson for today, is a wonderful one to talk about this weekend following Christmas. Because it really gets to the heart of the matter, to that now what question. You see, Paul uses this text in the book of Colossians to talk about the new self, the new self that Christians are given because of Christ. For we just spent the month of December preparing, getting ready, and then celebrating the most wonderful gift we could ever imagine, the coming of the Christ child to us. So now, I think this week and after, we can reflect on that and think, now what? Now, this text is actually a very popular uh, wedding text. Maybe you've heard this Colossians text read at a wedding, especially the part where it says, and put on love that binds everything together. But Paul uses a lot of clothing imagery in this text. 
He talks about this new self and how we are to live in response to the gift of Christ. For we are to clothe ourselves. Paul says it this way, Put on then, and other translations will use the words clothe yourself, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is the clothing we are to wear as Christians. God has given us wonderful clothes to wear as Christians. Clothing of compassion, forgiveness, love, humility. And that kind of helps answer our question to how do we respond to this gift? Well, we clothe ourselves. And we do, don't we? Isn't it wonderful when the church, the body of believers, put on and embody this spiritual clothing? When the church is a place of love and forgiveness and kindness and humility? And we wear these clothes both as individuals and also as the body. As individuals, we wear these clothes, say, when we don't insist on not always having it our way, but let someone else choose and we put on humility. Or we wear this as individuals when we have a problem with somebody and instead of holding a grudge, we choose to forgive that person. And we also wear these clothes as the body, the body of Christ. When, say, a conflict arises in the church, and instead of continuing that problem, two people come together and work it out. Or maybe those people, when there is that problem, instead of going to other people, causing gossip, or trying to get other people involved, they go to the source and talk to the person that they're having a problem with. We do wear this clothing very often. But we know that this is not the only clothes that we wear. Many times we know instead of putting on, instead of dressing ourselves in compassion, what do we put on? Indifference. Or instead of putting on kindness, we put on anger. Or instead of humility, oftentimes we put on pride. Now it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, like I said, if the church was always a place of love and humility, kindness, but we know that's not always the case, is it? You see, sometimes our actions or our words clash with the clothing we are called to wear as Christians. Just as there are some clothes in our wardrobe or our closet that really don't go well together, sometimes our words or actions don't go well with the spiritual clothing Paul calls upon us to put on. 
So since I did say that this is a often a, a wedding text that is used at many weddings, I thought I'd share a quick story about being recently married. I got married a couple summers ago, and I was going out with some friends. I was getting ready. I got dressed and was ready to leave. And as soon as I was about to leave, my wife says to me, Oh, is that what you're wearing? <laughs> now, I knew that wasn't just a question out of curiosity. There was a question behind that question, more like, Are you serious? Is that what you're wearing? So I turned to her and I said, What is the matter about wearing a plaid shirt with striped shorts? <laughs> Many of you may know the problem. <laughs> you see, I thought that it would be fine that my shirt had a lot of blue in it, and so did my shorts. They had blue stripes. And I didn't think the stripes were really all that noticeable. Well, luckily, my wife, who has a much better sense of fashion than I do, didn't let me get too far. I changed my clothes, and she didn't let me look like a fool in front of my friends. So why was that? Why did she not let me leave the house and go out with stripes and, and uh, plaid? Well, because they don't go well together. Plaid or checkered patterns usually don't go too well with stripes. Now, there are some people I am sure that can pull it off, but obviously I was not that person. So getting back to our imagery of clothing, Paul uses, it makes me think, how often does my life, my witness clash with the way God calls me to live my life? And I think we can all ask that question, can't we? How often does our words, our actions, our deeds clash or not go well together with the spiritual clothing of kindness, humility, love, and all the rest. Just as my plaid shirt didn't go well with my striped shorts, many times I know my words or actions just don't go well with the way I'm called to live my life as a Christian. Now, I did mean it when I said before that we in the church oftentimes do put on the clothing of compassion and kindness now, Paul isn't really talking about, of course, literally putting these on, but he's talking figuratively, how we live our lives day in and day out. And he calls us to wear and to live lives of compassion and so forth. But we know that doesn't look that way often. And perhaps this is why a scary statistic shows and actually, many of them show that there is almost no difference between the life of a Christian and a life of an unbeliever. The way a Christian lives his or her life is almost indistinguishable between the way somebody who doesn't have Christ at all lives their life. Or an equally sad or shocking fact is the growing number of people who don't go to church not because they don't really, not because they have a problem with Jesus, but they have a problem with his followers, his Christians. And the sad thing is, many times, right, we probably can't blame them. For why is that? 
Well, I think it's because many times our actions, our thoughts, our deeds clash. They don't go well with the way we are called to live and to be a witness to other people. So what do we do? This weekend after Christmas, where we've been given the most marvelous gift ever imaginable, how do we respond? Well, we get dressed. You see, we are called to put on this spiritual clothing. For you see, Christ, who came to us, who was born in a manger, not only showed us how to wear this spiritual clothing, but he has given it all to us. Christ is at the same time both the example of this clothing, but also the giver. He alone is the one who lived a life of perfect love and forgiveness, and he alone is the one who showed true humility when he let himself go to the cross and to die for you and for me. For he has shown us compassion. He loves us with an everlasting love, and he has forgiven us. And Jesus continues to give us, through the sending of the Holy Spirit, these spiritual clothes that we are called to live out as a joyful response to the gift that he has given to us. For we are given clothing that does not clash, that does not mismatch or look bad, but clothing that looks very good. And it is only because of Christ who has came into the world that we can live out this clothing of love, joy, forgiveness, and all the rest. So now what? What do we do the weekend after Christmas? Well, we get dressed. So clothe yourselves with the wonderful garments God has given his church to wear. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.